You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all right, all right. Well, hello. I'm here with Julie today. Hello, Julie. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, I'm, it's a pleasure to be able to speak with you today. So what, uh, before we hear your story um, and get to know you, what are just some basics? Is there anything like, I don't know sign I don't know you know like anything you want to share with people yeah absolutely um I'm a Sagittarius good um, and I am the founder and CEO of small packages which is a curated care package company we're working to end the loneliness epidemic across the U.S. right now so that's what I'm up to these days Mm -hmm. what a timely project Indeed, right? We launched in uh, December of 2018 and have been working ever since then. But yes, the last couple of months have been even more honed for our project here. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And I mean, it feels so kind of weird to be like, there are some people that are like thriving, like their businesses, you know, like I imagine that's a weird feeling, you know, to be like, this weird time has been good for me. But like, hey, that's a thing. Like, celebrate it. I celebrate that you're having a success during this time. Thank you so much. Yes. It has been an interesting period for us um, because we've been able to reach more people. But it's just been a fascinating experiment just as a small business owner also, you know, working with our small business partners and supply chains as those all get kind of messed up and people pivot at the very last minute to do what they can. So it has not been smooth sailing, but we're really no, yes. in the mix. For sure. No joke. Like it's uh, at a time when everybody maybe has heightened, you know, sales, if you will, but, but the, the, the actual like getting shit mailed out, <laughs> you know, the people power. You know, it's very, yeah, there's some tricky shit going on right now. Yes. So let's, let's get into, let's hear your story. What does Julie um, have to tell us? So we, you know, we start with this moment that we all, uh, this kind of the thread for the show is um, this, this question of like, this can't be my life or um, just not this, you know, a lot of times we don't know what else, but we know that something has to change. Do you have, you know, like a little snippet of that that we can tell us and then we'll go back and hear what led you to that moment? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it was at the very end of being an attorney. I went to Harvard Law School and then worked for a big corporate firm for a while and wonderful people, you know, nothing bad to say about the actual um, folks that I was working with. But I remember very distinctly, you know, being in my office and all alone, you know, up in the uh, high rise tower in New York and just thinking, I don't like anything about what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm making any kind of a contribution. Like this is not why I was put on this earth and just feeling this overwhelming physical sense of misalignment and just, you know, kind of feeling really lost. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. What did it, you said you like felt it physically. Like, can you name, like, did it, did you feel it like in a certain spot or was it just like a whole body or was it like, it's a, a whole body thing. I've, I've been a ballet dancer for uh, most of my life. And so I feel really kind of, you know, attuned to you know what's going on physically most of the time. And I think, you know, you often have these moments where you just feel like a real rejection physically of, of your circumstances and like really just are repelled by what's going on. And you really just want to exit the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so 
you know, that feeling of going home every day was great, but then we had to come back in in the morning. So, right. Yeah, it's a real oh. overwhelming feeling. That's really interesting. And were you alone? Like, were you, I mean, relatively, like you were, you said you were up on the high rise. Were you like looking out a window being like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, people always say that law is such a great profession, which it is, of course, but one of the benefits is, you know, the stability and that it's lucrative and you have your own office with the door that closes. And, you know, I know for a lot of people that's a benefit, but for me, it's a not a good thing. Right. <laughs> I really thrive in conversation and in collaboration with other people. So that isolation really just didn't work very well for me. So let's, let's go back. Cause I'm so interested in, um, I love that you're like Harvard, you know, graduate and attorney, all of that. Like, how do you unravel that? But I mean, before we know how you unravel that is how did you get there? Like, you know, do you come from a family of achievers? <laughs> you know, I, I come from a wonderful family, but not, um, not attorneys. And they were certainly very surprised when I said that I, when I wanted to do that, my dad is a filmmaker, my mom is a psychologist, my brother's a musician. So everybody kind of is in that space. Ooh, very eclectic family. Yeah, exactly. And so when I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a law school, they were like, okay, <laughs> we support you and whatever you want to do. So definitely, you know, I'm lucky in the support realm, but they were very, very confused about why I was taking such a straight and narrow path for sure. Oh, interesting. So after, you know, you, um, uh, law school, how, like, did you get a job pretty quickly? Yeah. So the way that it works often is that you do sort of an extended internship the summer after your second year of law school. And if that all works out, then they offer you a position to take upon graduation. So I kind of fell into that camp and it did end up working out for me. So I had, you know, a law firm to go to as soon as I took the bar, which is its own grand adventure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I ended up starting at a firm right after graduation. Right. So what, what drew you to, as you said, that was just so fascinating that your family comes from like a different background. Um, what drew you to it? Like, what, what do you think it was about being an attorney? You know, that was yeah. like, so I initially thought when I graduated from college that I was going to go into the nonprofit sector. That's always been really close to my heart. And so I worked for AmeriCorps when I graduated and I had a not great experience, honestly. I mean, again, wonderful people to work with, but I, I like to like move really fast and like get a lot of things done and build. And, um, I was a little bit frustrated with the amount of just sort of like step by step process there. And so I kind of looked at the landscape and thought, you know, the way to sort of vault ahead and like really be able to get back and really be able to have an impact is to go get a graduate degree. And I thought about public policy and, you know, a couple of other things and then ended up realizing that law was probably, you know, the right choice there just to, you know, be able to vault in and, you know, make big strides. Mm -hmm. And did you feel a sense of accomplishment for a little while? Like how, you know, after you got a job, like how long did you, you know, be in that office and kind of think like, Oh yeah, I got this. I'm doing this. Like how long did it take for you to be like, no, this isn't it. <laughs> Two days. Oh, 
that's great. Oh, that's great. That's a really hard thing to admit because, you know, like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like you've invested so much time and so many resources and it's become a part of your identity. And, you know, you really just want to make a thing work. But I knew immediately that it was a misfit. So I, you know, like I tried some different cases and I, you know, I practiced in Orange County and then I moved to New York, like maybe, you know, a change of scenery will help. So yeah, I tried some, some different variables and then kind of had to confront the reality that it was just the fundamental choice of career that was the problem. Oh my God. I love that. I love your two days. (laughs) that's so great had like but was it like had you had it occurred to you a little bit before you got a job or was it not until you were there like no and I think the reason for that is there's like a really big disconnect between the experience of being in law school and the experience of being a lawyer at at least that was my experience and I've, I've had other people say the same thing where law school is much more about Uh, kind of how things should work and having these conversations about like the principles on which our society is based, like how should we prosecute criminals and like weighing all of these different, really fascinating intellectual topics. And then, you know, when you move into being a lawyer, it's much more about, well, here's your specific client, right? And you're advancing their particular agenda, which you may or may not agree with. And, um, you know, there was less room to sort of be creative and to kind of build something than I had anticipated that there would be. Right, right. That's so interesting. Because I, I I love to hear these stories about like, I thought it was going to be this, you know, because I think that, I mean, I have, I have some of that about entrepreneurship, you know, like, there's definitely like a vision that people like, be your own boss, make your own hours. And I'm like, Oh, no, it's like, clean the toilets, take out the trash, you know, uh, money constantly, you know, cash flow. What do you know about that? You know, like you know, it's, it's, it's a lot different, you know, Absolutely, it's a lot different I than will attest uh, to that. Yes. Yes. 100%. So let's say, okay, you're in, you know, day two, <laughs> but you're in New York and now, now you've done the, like, I love that, that situational move. Cause I think that happens all the time. And it reminds me of that quote of wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. You know? So it's like day two and you have realized that this is just not going to work. You're in New York. Then what? Like, what do you, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, small packages is my second company. So I had an idea for my first company. And so I just decided, you know, I had saved up enough money. I'd been thinking about this change for a while. And I, you know, at the time was young enough where I was like, all right, you know, if not now, when I think it's time to like make a move. So um, kind of had the conversation with my personal board of directors, you know, like the small band of people that I could trust to give me really good advice without agenda, and then decided to make the leap and handed in my resignation. Oh my God, I wrote that down. I love it. It said board of directors, like a personal board of directors. I totally get it. It's like you're trusted, you know, the, the trusted circle of uh, advisors. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so then, you know, you, you are a month notice, two weeks, so something funny. like that. Like these momentous things. And then later you're like, how long did that take? I, I know. Isn't that the strangest thing though? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I want to say it was two weeks. I mean, the, that's the thing about like a really big entity like that, you know, you're replaceable, right? Somebody can kind of come in and take over your work right away. So yeah, it's a process. It's like, oh, okay, now we move you to this, you know, yeah. Kind of. So then um, you start on um, your first business. How long did that go for? Three years. So I, like I said, was a ballet dancer uh, for most of my life. So it was live fitness classes in New York City that were sort of a mashup between ballet and CrossFit. Um, it was a great workout. I was in great shape <laughs> at the time. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I learned so much. I had a whole team of instructors and, you know, we had regulars. Um, but I ultimately wanted to build something a lot more scalable and something that would be a lot more available to folks who weren't just, you know, in New York City, able to come to live fitness classes. Like I wanted to build something that was available to a larger market. Um, so I closed my first company at the end of 2017 and then started iterating on what became small packages that launched a little while later. Awesome. So like in, in that time when, um, you're, you're transitioning, you're going from lawyer to entrepreneur, like, did you, did you pull in any like people resources, you know, like, um, cause I imagine there was a bit of a personal shift as well, you know, where you had been like on this trajectory and now you're in, in a much more like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like self-motivated self, you know what I mean? Like, what did you have to pull in that you hadn't used before? Did you have to pull in anything, you know, like coaching? I don't know, like your dancer, obviously, you know, like, did you lean into that stuff more? I did. I think that was the first time that I really became super responsible for creating a community for myself. I think when you're in school and then when you're in a profession that, you know, kind of naturally introduces you to a bunch of other people who are doing the same thing, that community is created for you as an entrepreneur. It's a, it's a lonely road unless you decide that you are determined for it not to be. So that was, you know, one of the most important things that I did was to make sure that I had a group of other people, most of whom were women, um, just to kind of like talk things through and be able to bounce ideas off of and just to not feel like you're alone in this huge undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is so much, um, isolation and entrepreneurship. I I feel like that's, um, something that also is not part of like the image or the, the dream or the idea of it, that it's, it's a lot of lonely work, you know, it's a lot of alone time. It's a lot of making decisions yourself. And, you know, um, so you lean on like a group that's amazing. And are some, some of them entrepreneurs as well? Most of them. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's difficult to sympathize with the problems that entrepreneurs face unless you are one, (laughs) you know, I mean, you need a certain amount of risk tolerance and, you know, tolerance for chaos (laughs) and, you know, all of these sorts of things. And so somebody who, you know, has made the conscious choice not to do that and to have a life that's more stable, which is a totally legitimate choice to make. We all have to know ourselves. You know, if somebody has made those choices, they're not going to be as great a sounding board for you, you know, when when you want to talk through things because it'll stress them out. <laughs> yes, know? yes, so, 
totally 100%. Yeah, I get that as well. Um, yeah, when you're trying to work through a, like a, a problem with somebody being like, I don't even know why you do this. You know, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And it's no. like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And I, um, I have my husband, my husband and I are, are in business together. And I have a, a friend who we have, we try to have weekly phone calls and she's like a designer. So she's very much on her own and we have calls just so she can bounce some stuff off some people sometimes. It's like, yeah, or just like, yeah, just to check in, you know, just to update someone. Cause it's, it's, you know, a lot of hers is everything's online. So it's real like, okay, here I am, you know, making my world happen, which Probably sounds familiar to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then we got the, you know, first um, entrepreneurship like blast there for a couple a couple years, a couple whiles. <laughs> That's what I was starting to say. A couple whiles. <laughs> and then you said you knew that you wanted to like achieve something a little more scalable, something that could reach more people. Did you know what you wanted to do or did it like organically kind of the I found out pretty quickly I knew that what I wanted to build was going to be something bigger and I knew that it was going to be a product-based business instead of a service-based business because that delineation kind of seemed to me like the crux of the difference that I wanted to make you know because service-based businesses obviously are much more about coordination and there's some inherent difficulty with scale whereas product-based businesses you know you make a thing and then you make more things and you put it out into the world and hopefully it achieves product market fit and etc so that was kind of the first step that I was really clear about and then it honestly only took like a couple days of like trying to you know iterate through what I wanted to build before I was like you know, back of the napkin, like, yes, okay, this is exactly what it's going to be. It's been refined a lot since then, yeah, of course, yeah. but, yes. but the early parts of it came together very, very quickly, which was cool. Right. And is it, let me guess, was it something that you saw a need for in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. Really one of those very, very standard situations where you need a thing and you look for it in the market and it doesn't exist in the way that you would want to use it. So you figure other people probably want this thing too. You're like, I will try. I will give it a go, you know. Right. What did you use? Like how how did you, you know, take this idea from the back of the napkin for small packages and go with it? It was a lot of planning. I mean, so the thing about the business is that it's just really logistically complex, right? Because we have like all of these different types of boxes that we offer and then all of these different brand partners that we work with in order to have inventory to get in them. So it um, was a lot of moving pieces. And so my first step was honestly just to curate for myself what the ideal situation would look like, right? If I got to choose what would be in the birthday box, it would be candles and it would be a face mask and a t-shirt. And then reaching out to all of the ideal brand partners that created those things and saying, hey, I'm putting together this new project. I'm launching this company. Would you be interested in kind of like taking a flyer on somebody who's, you know, doing something for the first time? And very lucky that a lot of brands were open to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you were in New York for this, right? I was. Yeah. 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 The the availability of, of people and brands, and uh, that's really a, a great place to be, you know? 
It is. The interesting part was pretty much all of this was online. Like I wasn't going to stores and, you know, so trying to, you know, pitch people in person. It was much more just like cold outreach emails and seeing, you know, if people were open to it. Um, but yes, doing it in person for sure. New York sure. Is, yeah. is a lot easier. And logistics, I guess, you know, are, are a little bit of ease in New York. You can get stuff yeah. in and out. <laughs> exactly. Lots of yeah, I'm just speaking from like a small town where like, oh, we were 200 miles from an airport. You know? Oh my gosh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. That would make it a little tougher. That's yeah, cool. there's like no UPS store, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, nothing. oh my gosh. Yeah, no, there's not even, not even a traffic light. You know, I, I was thinking about like where we used to live. And anyway, um, so as, um, well, I've, I want to get, you know, back to um, maybe more of your, your journey that was happening at the time. We'll talk more about the business, but like sure. what was happening at this time for you? Like, were you feeling like a, a different shift in purpose when you started this? Yeah, very much so. I think that physicality that we talked about before, you know, has always been a really powerful thing for me. And so, um, you know, you can just sort of feel when something is right, even if you can sense the amount of work that lies ahead of you. Okay, this is going to be kind of an uphill climb, but being able to visualize the end product pretty clearly, I think is always like a physical sign that something is, you know, showing you that you're on the right path. So, you know, it's, it's an enormous amount of work. So there were tons of you know, late nights. And I did go back to having a full-time day job just so that I didn't have to be like stressed about money while I was sort of iterating on and building this new thing. So it's very tired. Uh, but, you know, there's that sense of ease that kind of overlays it where you're like, I'm building, I'm building the right thing. Right. Yeah. Like, okay. This is a great, like a little glimpse, like uh, being a lawyer, I imagine is very long hours. Right. It's like you're there first thing in the morning and you're there past yeah. dinner. How did it feel different? You know, you said you just took a full time job and you were, you know, building this thing at the night, you know, the nights and the weekends, I'm sure in the in between times of a full time job to keep yourself financially afloat. Like, I find that so interesting that when there's like meaningful purpose, that time doesn't feel so overwhelming. Absolutely. I think it's the excitement. Right. I mean, adrenaline can get you so far. And if you're excited about something, you're like a little kid about it. You're, you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I only have an hour and a half before I have to be at work. Like, what can I fit in? Like, can I do some more research on the candle brands that I want to use? Like everything about it feels like so joyous, even if you are a little bit tired. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's it so weird. Cause it's like, it could have been the same exact hours as you were like, you know, put and grind away as a lawyer, but you're like, these hours are terrible. You know, yeah. like I can't get through this day. I think the difference is also, you know, when you're building a business, you're, you're building something for yourself. Right. And so all of the time is sweat equity that you can feel an investment building, right? So there's not only the sense of excitement about what might happen, but also a sense of investment in yourself. Whereas when you're working for someone else, which again, such a reasonable life path. Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. Mean to say at all that people 100%. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So yeah, when you're working for somebody else, you know, you're, you're trading that time and you're trading that energy for the amount that you're being compensated. So if, if that, you know, trade-off doesn't feel like it's a good one, that can get exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right. And you have to just completely not uh, pay any attention to that as an entrepreneur, of like trade-off yeah. of time. You and cannot work out your hourly rate. You never, uh, never. <laughs> don't ever do it, people. I don't want to know what I pay myself per hour. No, no. I remember having a conversation with somebody who worked for me. She's like, what you pay people more than you pay yourself. And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, people have bills that you don't have. You know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh, I see what the cash flow is like, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, yep. exactly. So as you know, you, all right, we, I think like we were in, like you, you're getting it started. It's coming together. You're doing the research. Um, and this was two years ago, right? Or not even two years uh, ago. It was the end of 20. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like, take us, take us through, like, what was your personal journey and what's been the business journey, you know, once it kind of was like off and going? Yeah. So we launched in December of 2018. So it took me, you know, most of a year to kind of like get all the pieces in place. And then we finally launched in December and it's so exciting, you know, like that feeling of finally being able to show everybody what you had been talking about and working on for so long, just like having something public facing is just such a cool, cool thing. Um, and I remember distinctly, so we launched on this platform called iFundWomen, which is kind of like a Kickstarter kind of a thing. Um, and they're wonderful. I highly, highly recommend them to anyone. Um, but it was fantastic to see So the way we structured it was, you know, for every certain amount that people pledged, you know, it basically functioned as a pre-order system, right? So people were ordering boxes and I have a a great support network. And so I saw those orders start coming in, but I like distinctly remember the first stranger order (laughs) that I got and just feel like you know, how much was it monetarily? I can't even remember $40 or something, but just that feeling of like a person who has no stake in my life has evaluated what I'm putting out there and been like, I would like to have that thing. That seems like a good idea. And it's just like, this. that's an exciting moment. That's the new, like, uh, like the dollar bill that was like on the wall of like convenience stores, you know, that is the, First person, I don't know, order. I had one of those on my merchandise. <laughs> Over my husband. Screenshot or something and like yeah. put it up on the wall. I yeah. wish I had. Yeah, whoever. Mary Johnson, whatever your name was, you know what I mean? <laughs> Love you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Love you. So yes. much. And so then, you know, what what happened? You know, keep keep telling us about what, you know, how it grew and how it how it went. And then what was Absolutely. twenty twenty nineteen? What was twenty nineteen like? Twenty nineteen was a fascinating journey. So it built pretty quickly, which was a wonderful thing. So that by June, I had to leave my full-time job because um, I just could not keep doing both at the same time. And it was just way too overwhelming. Um, I can burn the midnight oil a lot, but <laughs> I was also packing every box myself and all that kind of stuff. So I just needed to kind of like get my schedule back. Um, and you know, it's continued to grow since then, which is super exciting. 
Um, and COVID, like we said before, has actually been a moment for us to kind of reach even more people. So we had our best month ever in March and then more than that in April. So it's been fascinating. And, you know, kind of even in addition to all of that, the thing that's been wonderful about the last year is that community that I built, you know, before of fellow entrepreneurs has only gotten wider and deeper. And it honestly is one of my favorite things about this life. I mean, I, I love what I've built and I'm super excited about it, but I wouldn't trade these friendships for anything. They are just so motivating and empowering. Did you meet most of them through like partnerships with the packages? Like are they other? No, okay. it's so funny. Um, most of them have just been in the same way that you make, you know, other sorts of friends in your life. You know, this person says that you should talk to this person. And that has been one thing that's sort of a mantra for me is like, I, I just always say yes. Like, you know, I mean, within, right, reason, yeah. like, you know, to having coffee with someone or to meeting someone's friend that she thinks I would get along with or, you know, whatever it happens to be. And the worst thing that happens is like you lose an hour, which is big because our schedules are intense, but, um, you know, I just have made, you know, so many impactful, fantastic relationships by saying yes and getting invited into one circle, but then blossomed into a bigger thing. It just has been so great. So I, was that something you would have done as a lawyer? The, the say yes thing, or is this, is that how you, like, were you like that before? Do you think? I've always been a pretty open person, but I think um, I think entrepreneurship has opened me even more because it's not um, like law is a craft that you can continue to get better at by practicing it. And yes, of course you learn from other people, um, but entrepreneurship is, you know, you're only as good as the folks that you can turn to, to answer your questions about <laughs> all of the things that you have to know. Right. So like your support network in your community are some of the most important factors in whether or not you're going to be a success. So then, in I mean, let's, let's talk about it for a second. <laughs> when COVID hit, did you do a push or was it like organic, like rise? So COVID has been interesting. So I'm in New York and our shipping and fulfillment facility is in Philadelphia. And we have um, a very, very small employee base on the ground there. And my very first priority was kind of trying to make sure that, you know, nobody was like being put in danger. Because I mean, obviously this business is my baby, but like human life and respect for people's safety obviously comes first. So there was a little bit of scrambling on that front, but then, you know, kind of once we figured out what we were going to do there, um, it's mostly been organic, honestly. I mean, one of the first things that we did was to just run for about a month and a half, the biggest possible discount that we could, because we knew people wanted to connect and like would want to use our services, but also were worried about their own financial bottom line. Right. So we were kind of trying to, um, to help in that way, just to make it easier for folks to take advantage of what we were doing. So that was one thing that we were able to do for a while. And then after that, honestly, we've just been trying to like 
keep up with demand and keep our supply chain going and, you know, um, help to support all of the small businesses that we stock in the boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's the ripple effects of this all is just incredible, you know, of like people, people needing to work and how many people you can have just as close as you can have them and all those rules. And it's just wild. Yeah. I've thought about people who were like uh, as having a boom right now during this time of like, gosh, like the logistics of that are just 10 times harder than normal logistics, which are tricky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kudos for, for staying on top of it. Let's, um, so we've been talking about, we're talking about your business, but like, let's t- tell us about it. Like tell, tell the ladies listening <laughs> and a couple fellas, I'm sure like, what is, what is, what is this mystery we've been talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so the way that it works is, uh, you come to the site and you pick a type of box that you want to send, depending on what's going on in the life of the person that you want to be connected to, right? So if your friend is having a baby or it's her birthday or maybe something not so great is happening, like she went through a breakup or um, there's been a death in the family, you choose what kind of box you want to send. And then all of the boxes come in three different price points. So a 35, a 50, and a 100. And then you type in the message that you'd like us to handwrite in the letterpress card that comes with the box. And then it gets sent off. So our whole value proposition is, you know, we just make it incredibly easy and streamlined for you to be able to act on the desire that you have to stay connected and to recognize what's going on in other people's lives, because it's hard. We don't have time most of the time to put something really thoughtful together. Right. Like I, I imagine that, um, it's something we can, it's one of those things It's like we can do, but like, oh my gosh, you made the easy button for me. You know, <laughs> do you remember that Staples exactly. easy, the easy button at Staples from Absolutely. a long time ago? Like you can just go on your website, find the thing, click it and send it. And it's that connectedness of like, cause I know I've put together those little care packages. Like here's a chocolate, here's a thing, you know? Um, and what a great idea that it's just like here. And by, I love that you, um, organized it by like like you said the um situation or I don't know whatever you know the like the what's going on like the move the divorce the wedding the whatever like it was such a great and did this come like because you said you know you had the idea on the napkin did this come from something like tell us about that like the idea yeah so I am from LA originally and then went to school in Boston then lived in New York so I kind of had bounced all over the country and accumulated these friend networks wherever I've been living at the time. And so I'm always really far away from people that I care deeply about. And, you know, yes, you show up for a wedding, right. But otherwise, you know, you're not able to show up for like the breakup, the baby, you know, like all of these things that are really important, new job or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that are worth commemorating and celebrating or mourning, depending on what is happening, but can't buy a plane ticket for each one. Right. And most of the time, it's hard to even fit in a phone call. So I was, you know, experiencing that myself. And so I figured, like we said, you know, other people probably are too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's always how it works. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah. So like in like a summation of, of like your story, like w- what would you, you know, what would be your summation of your story? You know, like how have you like gone back and like kind of looked at your path 
And what would you share with people? You know, like going from the attorney, going from the like, I'm going to achieve this. I'm going to achieve this. And, you know, what is what would you like to just like summarize that up for them? I think the thing that stands out for me is it's less important to sort of check things off the syllabus of life, even though we start out thinking that's how we're going to go through and more important to find um, the, the sort of guiding principles that make you come alive. And that once you are firmly fixated on those to not really be married to the way in which they express themselves, right? So like the things that have kind of come out for me have been, I want to build things and I want to create things and I want to help people feel connected to each other. And at first that was a fitness company and now it's this kind of company. And, you know, it takes various forms in my personal life, but to just not be afraid of the fact that, you know, there's so much more fluidity to life than we're initially led to believe. And like, that's not a scary thing. It's just like, that's the way life is. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think like, we got to talk about it. Cause I think a lot of people are like, I got to check the boxes. I got to check the boxes, you know, like it's not been, um, cause I've been an entrepreneur for a long, of like 13 years now. And I'm married to one who was an entrepreneur before me. Like he, it's in his marrow. Um, so we, we weren't very celibacy people, but I know that that's a really common thing, you know, and I think that the more that we can talk about like, hey, it's okay, you know, there are different ways to be and to live and to work. And so I, I really appreciate knowing, you know, that you were, you were like, I'm doing this lawyer thing. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You got to be able to walk away, you know, I mean, no matter how much you've invested. I mean, of course I'm not advising anybody to like be reckless or to, you know, throw over responsibilities that they have or anything like that. But, you know, I mean, you just can't be married to something because, because you've done it, you know, I mean, because you've done it, you can do something else, you know, there's no, there's so many do over, but yes, yes. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) all right that's a perfect spot so at the end of um well we'll at the end we'll go over like social and all that but i I have like rapid fire questions i like to end things with now okay okay what was your first car oh um i actually didn't get my license until like well into college that's like a weird little fact about me (laughs) i Um, love it i'm trying to remember what make the car actually was i think it was a camry Okay. What color was it? Blue. Blue. Oh, I like that. Uh, when did you get your first period? Um, 11. Ooh, yes. Yep. Uh, to- this is so funny. This is so divisive. Toilet paper. <laughs> Over, under. I mean, I know people talk about it all the time and we're very toilet paper, but like, this is such a thing. Over or under? Am I allowed to say I don't have a preference and I yes. never think about it? <laughs> okay. Yes. Someday you might. <laughs> And it becomes very intense. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> yes, it is. We had to have a family meeting about it one time. My husband was like, listen, I don't know who's putting it this way. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's very serious. Okay. Uh, c- cilantro, yes or no? Yes. Uh, when you drink a latte or a cappuccino, what is the milk that you choose? I only drink black coffee. Oh, <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Winter, spring, summer, or fall? summer. Absolutely. So excited that we're heading into it now. It's my very favorite season. I'm cold all the time. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like feet, toes, or just all of it? 
all of it. Summer is like the one little period of time where I'm like physically comfortable. <laughs> uh, where are you in your birth order? You know, your family of origin. I am the oldest by seven years. It's me. And then I have one younger brother, who's seven years younger. Okay. Uh, what was your kindergarten teacher's first or not first name name? <laughs> Mrs. Pond. Ooh. Ooh, good one. I like that name. Uh, tell me about three kitchen appliances you have. That I use the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Or ones that are in the drawer that you never use. <laughs> I'm really not much of a cook, although I'm trying to get better. Um, you know, all purpose chef's knife, right? You can't really do anything without that. Uh, nonstick saute pan. I eat a lot of eggs um, and a rubber spatula. It was like the one thing, like, so not a regular flipping spatula, but like the baking kind, like the flexible ones. Um, smallest hack in the world just for like mental well-being. Like you can just get everything out of the pan. <laughs> it's an exciting thing. <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. See, that's why I ask. I love these questions because I'm like, what are we fucking learning? We're learning about spatulas. So I fucking I love, love it. it. I love it. So that, yep, that was 10. So, uh, of course, you know, the, the, t- the typical wrap up, um, where can people find you? Instagram, all that, all, all that jazz. Tell me all, all the places. Absolutely. So the best place to find us is our website, which is smallpackages.co, C-O. And the best place to find us on social is Instagram. And we are small underscore packages underscore co. Okay. That's the full on us- username. Cool. And anything else you want to, you know, I always want to do like a one last, anything else you want to mention? Yeah. I think I would just put in a little plug for, you know, send a small package of course, but you know, do that friendship outreach that doesn't have to do with buying something to like respond to that text that's been sitting in your folder forever. Like respond to that email that like gives you agita when you think about it. Like People are always willing, you know, to give you the benefit of doubt. They just want to hear it from you. You know, can, can I give you one today? That's such a great thing. I'm glad I, I'm glad we went over that because especially in this time, like connection, connection, connection. I love that. Respond that text. Respond that email. Like show up. Show I up. love it. Um, and I will um, remember to share, because sometimes I forget, my own um, social media accounts or LaJoy Society, which is L-A-J- OIE Society. And then on the show notes of this episode, there is a link, you know, to all, all the stuff that we mentioned here, all these links, but there's a link to your website. So everybody, you can just like click on there, by the way, to get quickly over to small packages um, and send your girlfriend a care box because she had a baby during COVID and, you know, it's fucking isolating and it sucks. <laughs> She needs, she needs to know that you're, yes. you're thinking of her, even if it's a month away, just send it. It's all right, ladies, better late than never. Um, yeah. So dig into those show notes and hit up small packages and be well, everyone. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's no
Choices made, cards left on tables and cards played. 